everyone. Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast. This is a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. My name is Ashlyn Phelps, and I'm the communications coordinator at High Point Church. We are going through the book of Ephesians right now, and we know that it can be a lot to digest every Sunday morning. So every month we will help you chew on Ephesians by reviewing the last month of sermons. In this episode, you'll be hearing from Aaron Hesse, our Director of Small Groups and Connections, and Nicole Kyle, our Music and Worship Arts Director, as they talk about the sermons from the month of September. As always, if you've got a question on what you heard, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. Enjoy! Hey everyone, welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast so many names that we have for things that have like an ampersand in them. I got a little nervous that I was saying the wrong one. You're good. But no, that's the right one. My name is Nicole Kyle and I work on staff at High Point Church as the worship director and I have Aaron Hesse with me. Mm -hmm. I'm the small groups and connections director. We've both been on here a number of times. Yes. Great. Yeah. So today we're here for an episode of Chewing on Ephesians. So just as a reminder to you, one of the things that we really do believe is easy but not good is that it's really easy to go to church to listen to a sermon and then to quote our lead pastor, Nick, by the time you're eating your burrito at Chipotle, you've already forgotten what the sermon was about. Sometimes by the time you sing the closing song, (laughs) you have forgotten what the sermon is about. Hopefully we don't do that too much. But anyway, so it's really helpful to do things like join a small group where you can continue to talk through these things and really apply them to your lives or talk with a friend or at Chipotle, ask your friends what they thought about the sermon. And so we have this series chewing on Ephesians in our podcast to help you just give you one more way to keep thinking about these topics. And also, if you're thinking to yourself, I don't know how to have those conversations, hopefully these conversations will be a model of how you can do that Mm -hmm. with your friends or in your small group, things like that. So we have just 20 minutes with you. We've already started our timer Mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to walk through uh, the sermons that we heard through the month of September. Tomorrow is October. Yeah. Just crazy. So fast. And, um, and then, yeah, we'll just talk through some of the things from the sermons that really hit home for us. So before we do that, I'll read the passage. Great. uh, That these um, sermons are based on. And it starts at Ephesians 4, verse 20, and then goes through 5, verse 7. So here we go. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, 
brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality, or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. All right. So that's the passage, mm-hmm. the whole of the passage. Um, and also, this will be helpful. All four of these sermons are a part of our new series, Be Made New. Yeah. So you might have noticed that in the scripture as we were reading it. But this is the part of Ephesians where Paul pivots a little bit and and uh, starts to get more practical mm-hmm. and tells us how we can be made new. Mm-hmm. Is so. it right too, Nicole, that Nick preached on, well, he started off saying that he's going to preach on verse one through seven this past Sunday from chapter five, but he's going to focus more on verses four through seven next week. Is that uh, right? Yes. Okay. Well, sort of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. This week he focused more on verse three. Next week he'll focus more on verse four. Okay. But yes. Cool. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to start just with the very first sermon mm-hmm. from the series. So this was, um, the, uh, Sunday, September 8th, mm-hmm. 2019. So, um, I think one of Nick's main points was you can be made new. That's Mm -hmm. what he wanted us to walk away with. Um, And then he talked a little bit more about that. So, um, Erin, what's something that stuck out to you specifically from that passage, which was 20 through 24, or from that sermon? Mm -hmm. Well, so this is kind of cheating a little bit already (laughs) on the first one, but the... It was really the service as a whole that spoke to me. And really, it was just such a worshipful experience because... Yeah. What happened in it. Yeah. And you'll have to fill in the gaps because you obviously yeah. would remember <laughs> better than I would. But well, um, it's my job to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so we did um, communion. We, um, d- but it was not like how we do in communion on a normal Sunday. It was intertwined in, an, in the service um, to focus on the coming together. I mean, we, we focus on that in other communions as well, but coming together, continuing to to talk about breaking down the wall of hostility that there is between one another and how that one way that we can show that is through taking communion together. We did um, a foot washing. Um, I don't know what you would call it. It was just. Yeah. A special moment. Yeah. A special element in the service. Yeah. Yeah. Where there are different people. There were what, like five or six, maybe like, yeah, six to eight different. There were eight people, four Four groups. Four groups. So or four tw- partnerships or whatever. Okay. Eight people total. Yeah. Who took the time during a worship song to wash one another's feet. And they were supposed to um, be examples of people who might generally not, like to who might generally have walls up against one another um, and to, to show us that in something like a foot washing, we, we, our desire is to break down those walls mm-hmm. and to love one another well and to serve one another well. Um, 
And then there was also just the, the worship songs that we sang all pointed back to God's power, um, the love that we have in our, like the foundation that we have in his love and um, the transforming grace that he gives us. It's not anything in our own power for us to become new beings and to be to be made new, which is what the whole series is about. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, I think that people could hear be made new and they think this is going to be a self-help series yeah. or something where I'm going to, you know, go and take away all the, all the things that I need to do myself. And there is some truth in that, but it started off on the foundation of it is only because of God that we can do right. any of this. So that that the whole thing was yeah. like just a helpful refocus for me, really worshipful um, and just set a really good tone, I thought, for the rest of the series. Yeah, I think what was important about that is what it reflects in the in the book like verse uh, chapters one through three of ephesians are so much of like it's it's paul giving a reminder to the people of ephesus of like this all comes first it's first Mm -hmm. that god has loved you that there are so many reasons we can praise him the list of all these blessings and so not so he redeems us to himself but not only that he redeems us to each other so it's Mm -hmm. all these things that are true that are encouraging he talks a lot about grace so that by the time we get to verse or chapter four grace should not be just a throwaway churchy word but have rich meaning to what grace really is and then with all of that being the foundation that's laid okay now how should this lead us to act towards one another? Mm-hmm. How should it cause us to, like, what does it actually mean for us to tear down the walls of hostility between mm-hmm. us? Now, Jesus has done that, but we still let them pull us apart. How can we actually not do that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think it sets the right motivation for everything that's going to come afterwards. And I think Nick really wanted to express that in the service, that, this is the same thing. Like this is all the stuff we've covered in these sermons all summer long. And now we're going to get more practical, but we can't do that without remembering that it is from the grace of God who has reconciled us to himself and to each other. Yeah. I felt like both Nick and then Lloyd, who also has preached so far Mm -hmm. have in every sermon pointed back to that at some point. Yeah. Like if you're confused at why this is important or, or like how it should look, go back and read chapters one through three and, it's that foundation is laid there for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Um, the thing for me from that sermon in particular that was really helpful was, um, so Nick talked about how, all right, you can be made new. It is possible to be made new. Mm-hmm. And that, um, and then he talked about how it's not just possible, but it's mandatory. Like mm-hmm. if we really do understand the gospel, then that will happen. Um, and then he talked a little bit about what that's supposed to look like. Um, but the thing that stuck out to me is that like um, we can hear that from the passage or from the sermon and it can be discouraging to think like, okay, but I am failing at this thing mm-hmm. or like there's something in my life that's never going to go away. Like mm-hmm. I've been, I've had an addiction my entire life and that's just, that's never going to be able to go away. That can't be made new. Or um, this relationship that I have with my sister has been, terrible for the past 15 years and it's never going to improve and I don't see how I can be made new or how that can be made new um and there was a moment where while Nick was preaching he said something along the lines of no matter how badly you're doing right now are you still fighting Mm 
Mm. Have you let go of the sword or are you still fighting? Yeah. And that was really encouraging to me. Um, And even like later that day, I was crying about something (laughs) to my husband and I was feeling like, am I just going to be bitter? Am I going to be like a bitter woman even when I'm 40 about this circumstance in my life? Mm -hmm. And Scott's like, Nicole, you need to remember you haven't given up the sword. Like Mm -hmm. in that moment, just like four hours later, I needed to hear that. So that's what stuck out the most to me, I think for sure. Yeah. In that, there was a, he came back to um, that gracious striving concept, which is, I, I'm reminded of that, like in, as in your story and like your experience in talking with, with you Scott. You want to just share what gracious, what we mean by gracious striving yeah. for anyone who's listening who doesn't know it. Yeah. So we are saved by grace and it is only by God's work that we can do anything good, that there is any good that can come from um, how we're living and the, the choices that we make, the words that we say. And yet... Um, even though it is all through God's power and everything that he's doing, we are to, like it says in Second Peter 1, make every effort towards doing those things right and pursuing what God has called us to be. So there's, yeah, we participate in it. Yeah. What God is doing. I think, is it in Philippians 2? That was another ch- verse that we talked about that it says um, that we should participate in in pursuing God's will. Oh, now I'm forgetting what the passage is. Do you know what yeah. I'm thinking of? I, I don't. Oh, no. That's okay. <laughs> It'll come to me later. But there were a couple different verses that we talked about related to the gracious mm-hmm. striving that you can see it all over scripture that God does the saving and we participate with him. Yeah. So this idea of being made new, he said something like, like we are saved by grace and we're supposed to work as hard as we can towards, towards this newness. And he said something like transformation happens somewhere in there. There's not yeah. like a perfect formula of when and how those different two parts play together, but they're both necessary to be made new. Yeah. I'm just now, I'm just frustrated and can't stop thinking about what is that pass? <laughs> I have a Bible. We, you can look at it when I'm talking later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So the next week Lloyd preached on uh, Ephesians 4, 22 through 28 mm-hmm. and his main uh, points he had three of them, but his main points were, well, his his main, main point, I guess, <laughs> this is silly what I'm saying. He says, unity requires graceful truth-telling, emotional temperance, and individual industry. So your neighbor mm-hmm. needs the truth from you. Your relationships need your emotional temperance, and you need to work and give. Mm-hmm. So what were the things, Aaron, that, that stuck with you for that? Or maybe questions you have with that? Yeah, the the most glaring point that stuck out to me was it was under his first his first main point um, in that we need to speak truth to one another. Mm-hmm. And um, that can be, it can be really hard for me to courageously speak truth to someone because I want them to like me. And if I say something that's hard, uh, we've experienced this in our relationship yes. <laughs> or I've experienced this with my husband or with my in-laws. I can think of lots of people that I'm, I'm nervous to share the truth um, because of what they'll think of me. Yeah. Um, or I don't want to hurt that person's feelings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it can just be easier to skirt around it and just hope that the issue will go away. Yes. And something that Lloyd said is that when when I speak truth, it means that I care more about the truth than my personal pride or pleasing people. That was the exact part that I oh. highlighted that I was going to also, as an aside, it's continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God <laughs> who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. 
Well then. So there you go. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yes, back to if the truth is more important than your pride or popularity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which... Like, Gosh, that was convicting. Yes, because the the way that I put it is, I want people to like me, and I want them to know that I care about them. It's like it's easy mm-hmm. for me to cushion that pride and call it something else. Oh yeah, and and then it's also <laughs> easy for me to say like, well, yeah, I want, I want, I don't want to hurt somebody, or I want to yeah. make sure that they're fine. But that's just trying to please people. Yeah, I really just want them to think highly of me. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I just really want, yeah, I just, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. So I wrote like in big letters on my note sheet, like I just need to speak truth. Yeah. Especially when it feels like the scariest. Yeah. That's usually when I need to speak it the most. Yeah. And graciously and lovingly. Right. But still speaking it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree completely with that. That was the part (laughs) for me that just was like, yep, I can't, because I, Previously to this sermon, I'd been feeling convicted about this, like in little bits and pieces, Mm. like, I think I'm doing this. Like, I think I'm holding back in a handful of relationships. And then this sermon just really just like, nope, people need to hear the truth for multiple reasons. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. So I want to move on because we've still have two more sermons and it's already like, (laughs) ah, okay, 20 minutes. It's not that much time. I know. Oh my. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so the next sermon um, was about the new humanity in Christ suppresses sin while expelling malice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Nick talked about three things we should reject and three things we should embrace. Mm-hmm. Do you want to share something that stuck out to you? Or yeah, you? I think the main thing that I walked away with was thinking through suppression and repression. Mm. So how um, we are to suppress sin and not let it even come out of our mouths, but we shouldn't repress the feelings that we feel. So the passage said, in your anger, do not sin. So it's not saying, don't like pretend that you're never angry. It doesn't say you can't be angry. It's saying in that emotion that you feel, don't let sin happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, again, it was so timely. Like I feel like I was seeing ways where I was just trying to repress emotions I was feeling, whether it was sadness or depression or anger, rather than being honest with myself that I was feeling those emotions. Um, but, uh, yeah, but finding a way to still be honest and also not sin Mm -hmm. in it. Yeah. I think that is like, Oh man, I have to participate in that, but I need the Holy spirit. Yeah. (laughs) It's so hard to even, sometimes know to discern where there is the like in this case anger and then where's the um like the sin like anger is the emotion but there can be a sin tied to it and it's usually tied so closely to it um just yeah separating those things suppressing the sin not repressing the emotion right it's tough that's hard yeah it's a fine line Mm -hmm. it's like Never mind. I was gonna make an analogy that I I know nothing of like hunting and knives and stuff. So I'm just not even gonna <laughs> Don't try. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna try. Um, we only have a minute and a half, Aaron. Okay. As an aside, this is why we're going so slow slowly through this yeah. second half of Ephesians. Right. So much to talk about. Join a small group if you're not in one and uh, talk more about these things. Yes. All right, why don't you bring us home with yesterday? <laughs> with some, yes. How does so, this happen? Okay. Um, that's, that's, that's okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the main, what were the main points? Again, to be an imitator of God and then to... Um, yeah, we need to imitate God 
And if you're going to imitate something, you need to know the quality of the model and the quality of the replica. And then specifically, he talked about, okay, how can we imitate God in our sexual desires? Right. So this is a pretty broad answer, um, like example that stuck out to me. But um, like in my version, um, ESV, where it talks, um, it says to be an imitator of God, not to simply follow as like follow Mm -hmm. the example of what God has done. And so in all that I do, not just... 80% 80% or 50% of what I do, I, I am to strive to imitate God. And that is a high calling um, and not something that I should feel like I've mastered because I've been a Christian for 20 years or 25 years at this point. So um, that was something that I wanted to think on more. That was like a big point that I want to think, what does it mean to actually imitate God and not just, you know, set an example in yeah. certain parts of my life? Yeah, I think um, for me, related to that, the part that I, I want to dwell on more is, am I imitating the real God? Like, mm-hmm. there's our timer. <laughs> um, what's the quality of the model that I'm imitating? Because mm-hmm. we can make ourselves our own Jesus. Like he was using Talladeganites, like, dear sweet baby Jesus, Very nine good. pounds, three ounces. <laughs> like, we can choose for ourselves a Jesus that is not the real Jesus of the Bible. And I think we have a danger of that. I think that's something that happens a lot in our culture with people who want to be spiritual, but they don't want to be connected to a specific organized religion. Mm -hmm. And Jesus tells us to be a part of his church. Mm -hmm. And that means, so anyway, I think for me, I want to make sure, am I imitating the right uh, model, like an actual model of Jesus? And then on the flip side of that, I do, you know, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I think that part of the life of a Christian is walking with people who are younger in their faith. And if I want to do that in any way, then is my replica yeah, a good replica for yeah. other people to model their lives after? Yeah, not just a knockoff. Right. Not just a knockoff. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Oh. All right. Well, <laughs> we're done. Thanks for running with us on this sprint yes, of a podcast. I feel exhausted now. I feel like I have to catch my breath. Yes. Yeah. But we hope this is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but to echo what Aaron said, you really should join a small group if you're not in one, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're if you able to. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very, very helpful to continue to have these conversations. Yes. And it's yeah. easier for me to say that because I'm not the small groups director. <laughs> but you should. Yep. And Aaron also <laughs> thinks you should come to our worship <laughs> services. Yep. Yes, this is true. <laughs> come to both of those things. Yeah. Uh, Great. And come on time so that you don't skip the worship part. PSA at the end. PSA. Okay. Well, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you have a podcast idea or a question you'd like answered on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and other apps like that. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.